Call it a comeback sports podcast. My name is Bobby McInnes with my co-host Tom Spallone, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, Eddie Stankowick is joining us today. He's our next door neighbor, and we're very excited to have him on the show. Eddie, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me, guys. First off, uh, it's been a pretty good day, long day. I'm excited to do the podcast. Been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah, Tom, how's your day been so far? It's going pretty well. I'm, uh, I'm hyped to have Eddie on, talk baseball. We've, we've been hyping this up the whole summer, so this should be a fun episode. Yeah, big time. Yeah, I mean, we always have great banter in the room, and we talk about how we want to get on the podcast, and we always say, oh, man, like, I wish we could have recorded that uh, that session, that argument that we had, and uh, finally now we get a chance to put our thoughts out there. So. Absolutely. I'm excited, Bob. With no further ado, today we're going to be talking about Major League Baseball. On our last podcast, we talked about our early NFL thoughts, but today we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk... Uh, some baseball, and recently we've seen the St. Louis Cardinals. As Eddie, you're actually wearing a Cardinals hat right now. I didn't realize that. I am. Cardinals <laughs> repping 11 wins in a row. Right, 11-game win streak. Um, they Are they a dark horse to win the National League? I mean, it looks like they're going to have a good chance to get a wild-card spot. The Padres have been tanking, and um, they really have a good opportunity here. Ed, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? The Cardinals this year have reminded me exactly of, honestly, the 2019 Nationals, how they were a mediocre to below-average team before the season to in August and September start winning games and they're looking like a team that could beat anyone with the emergence of uh, the emergence of like Goldschmidt's playing like his old baseball Tyler O'Neill their left fielder who's been absolutely unreal these last two months they're as good as anybody with Adam Wainwright looking like he's in his prime they're good what do you guys think yeah I mean Tom you look at a guy like Aaron Otto his average is down a little bit and you know coming over from Colorado a lot of people were concerned will he be able to put the ball out of the park as much as he had earlier in his career he's coming in 33 home runs so far this season 103 RBIs he's leading this Cardinals team Uh, who else has stepped up to the plate uh, for this Cardinals team yeah, I really like what Ed said about the uh, comparing the Cardinals to the 2019 Nats. I think that's a really good comparison. This team kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, I look at a guy like Tyler O'Neill too. He's been, I think he won uh, NL beast. Player of the Week last week. And uh, he's been really carrying the weight for this team. I like Goldschmidt a lot. I knew Arenado was going to be great for them. And uh, Wainwright's pitching like old Wainwright, basically. So I do like the way this team is rolling right now. It looks like they kept the Reds and the Phillies in the dust. Padres have really fallen off. So I think it's really, we're looking at a Dodgers-Cardinals wild card one-game playoff, and we know that Dodgers team's really loaded, but this is a one-game playoff, and a- anyone can win on any given day. And you'd have to assume it'll be <clears throat> sent, they'll send Wainwright out there. So I'm, re- I'm really excited for this Cardinals team. Yeah, Ed, what are your thoughts about them uh, in a wild-card matchup against the Dodgers? I mean, <laughs> it's got to be hard. I mean, the Dodgers obviously have a great lineup, but they also have great pitching as well. Yeah, that would be a really interesting matchup because the Dodgers can honestly throw anyone from Walker Bueller to Max Scherzer all the way to Kershaw, they're like dark horse. And I don't know, they, the Cardinals got a shot, but it's going to be tough beating the Dodgers. They got the best team on paper in the league. But uh, it's their fault for not winning the division. They could put themselves in this position, and the Cardinals are a really good team. If they put Wainwright out there, he's been there forever. The, you got to go with the experience. I think they got a pretty good shot. Like you said, going up against a guy like uh, Walker Bueller, uh, potentially Max Scherzer, who I think could win the Cy Young Award this year Absolutely. for the fourth time in his career. Uh, Tom, what would the Cardinals have to do in a game like that to survive and make it to the next round? It's going to be really tough. They're going to need Adam Wainwright to pitch his uh, butt off, basically, I think, and uh, just try and manufacture runs the best they can. Uh, it'll probably be a low-scoring game like those uh, playoff games are a lot, but if you're facing Scherzer, Bueller, whoever it is, your mentality's just got to be work his pitch count, get him out of the game as quick as possible, and just try and get to that bullpen, which is still a good pen, but it's not Max Scherzer. 
Yeah, and I mean, right now I'm sitting next to two Yankee fans as they're now a half game up uh, in the wild card race. What do the Yankees need to do to seal that last uh, wild card spot, Ed? Well, we have the nine most important games of the season coming up. Three against Boston, three against Toronto, and three against Tampa Bay. Toronto, we have not been able to beat all year, so those three games are going to be extremely important. But first, we have to get through Boston. Garrett Cole getting the start tomorrow. Hopefully, we can set the tone in the series, but I'm nervous. The Yankees have been the most inconsistent team in baseball all year, and I'm not too confident coming up in October. The Blue Jays have looked better, honestly, and the Red Sox have looked better. The Yankees don't deserve to be there right now, and they should make a push to they they should they have to make a push in these last few weeks. It's I mean, going to be tough. Yeah, you mentioned the, the rest of their schedule. They're going up against three potential playoff teams. The Rays obviously clinched a playoff spot. Um, the Red Sox look to hold the first wild card spot. And then you got the Blue Jays right behind the Yankees. So, I mean, Tom, especially that series against the Blue Jays, it's a big one for the Yankees. Yeah, I'm really excited for these last nine games with the Yankees. But like I had said, this, this Yankees team has been the most inconsistent team in the major leagues this year. Um, just going on a 13-game win streak to losing 11 out of 13 to teams that you should be beating. It's, it's just been a frustrating year altogether, but this is a real real stretch for them, and they got a really good shot to get in. But I just want to make a point here. The you look at the Toronto Blue Jays. They have a plus 171 run differential this season, I and they're not – yeah, and they're not in a playoff position right now. I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. It just shows how good their offense is from Springer to Vlad to just all these hitters that they have. Tiasca Hernandez is having a really, really good season. Uh, just such a solid lineup. But um, And they added a big, big arm at the trade deadline, Jose Barrios. Uh, with Ryu and Robbie Ray, who's going up for the Cy Young right now. The, their starting pitching wasn't supposed to be that good this year, but it, it's almost stacked right now. The only thing that they're really missing is their pen. But, I mean, this it's going to it's gonna probably come down to the last day. These Both these the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays have all just been so close these last few weeks. But I'm really excited. Uh, the, there's really no excuses for the Yankees coming up. You're facing two of the teams ahead of you. So you either win and, and you get in, and you lose, you don't deserve to get in. I agree. So, I mean, we'll see who takes those uh, wild card spots in the AL. So, I want to ask you guys a little further question here. Let's uh, switch over to World Series predictions. I want to hear your candidates for the World Series prediction. Well, there's a few for me, Bob. Uh, coming out of the American League, I'd have to go with the Houston Astros. Their pitching and hitting is just so dominant. They've been consistently great throughout the entire year, and they're just a team that I could see hard to beat. Starting out with uh, Greinke, he's been pretty good all year. Then to uh, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman coming back from injury. Altuve hasn't been as great as he normally is. Brantley just went on the IL. That could hurt them. He's been batting 330 this year or whatever. He's been absurd. And I, I hate to say it because I don't like them, but I really think the Ashes would be a tough team to beat. Uh, it definitely one of the AL East teams could come to. The Rays, they're, they're always there. And the Blue Jays, honestly, are stacked. The roster, Vladdy, uh, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Robbie Ray, Jose Barrios, they're, they're hard to stop right now. They're, they're a great team that come out of the American League. National League, uh, right now, the dark horse team, in my opinion, is the Milwaukee Brewers with Hauser, Corbin Burns, Woodruff, and uh, Johnny Peralta. They're, they got four of like the best 15 pitchers in the National League right there, and pitching is what matters in the playoffs. So the Milwaukee Brewers are definitely a dark horse candidate. And uh, my, what I've been saying all year, though, is my pick's going to be the San Francisco Giants. They're a team that just always gets it done. They're a franchise that knows how to do it right. Gabe Kapler's leading those boys great. Uh, Gosman, Descalfani, Webb, even Scott Casimir. This guy, he's been pitching well. He's pitching 20 years ago, what I thought, just suddenly playing. They're a fun team to watch. It's going to be tough for them to beat the Dodgers, but 
uh, yeah, my World Series prediction would be Giants, uh, Astros. All right, yeah, well said. And I, uh, I do like that Brewers pick a lot, actually. I mean, yeah, like you said, course. pitching wins in the playoffs, and they got three guys with a sub-3 ERA. That's absurd in this day's, um, I mean, come on. This day's baseball. Yeah, in any series, if you've got to go up against three pitchers like that, I mean, it's just going to be really tough uh, to, go, to, to beat. So, uh, Tom, I want to know your thoughts. Yeah, so my thoughts are I don't think a team from the American League is going to win the World Series this year. I think those three top-heavy teams in the National League, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Brewers, just have the pitching to put them over the top. And right now I'd say my favorite is the San Francisco Giants. I think this team is just destined to win a World Series this year. They were not even projected to make the playoffs. One of the MLB's worst teams last year, the last few years really. But they've just figured it out, turned it around. Gabe Kapler, like Ed said, has just coached them up so well this year. I think he should win manager of the year. Uh, in the National League, but um, th- it just reminds you of those teams they had years ago with Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain, and it just looks like a team that's destined to win a ring. Um, like you said, pitching does win in the postseason. Guys like Logan Webb and Descalafani, who you wouldn't think of would come up that big for this team this year, Gosman too, have just pitched lights out. Guys that just have ERAs sub-3, sub-4 that you just wouldn't see. And Posey's batting over 300. I know he's been a little banged up this season, but he's having a, a really good season. I just don't see a team from the AL putting up a fight in the, in the World Series against any of these teams. To be Can honest. we talk about uh, Kevin Goldman for a minute, honestly? That guy, uh, we need to talk about like, or the Orioles just can't develop their pitchers. From Jake Arrieta leaving the Orioles and going to the Cubs and winning Cy Young, to Gaussman always having good stuff through the minors and going to the Braves, he got a little better, and then he goes to the Giants and he's just a Cy Young candidate. It's I don't know what these Orioles pitchers are doing over there, but right. I mean that you 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 build a good point there, and at a certain point you wonder when is it on the organization. Right? Exactly. The Baltimore yeah. Warriors have been a failing organization for as long as we can remember. Exactly. And Maybe one or two playoff appearances in our lifetime. And now you look, they do have some prospects. They got Adley Rushman coming up. He's got to be a, a player that those fans are excited for. But it's it's a little concerning, though, that they, their failure to develop players. And like you said, they go to different teams and they perform. Exactly. Like Alex Cobb, too. He's always a good pitcher. He goes to the Orioles and his career's over all of a sudden. It's unfortunate. Yeah, there is a there is a... <laughs> kind of like a contest right now. Who's the worst franchise? Maybe the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Baltimore Orioles. Right. Texas Rangers up there too. <laughs> Pirates trading away um, Glass now and and Meadows to the Rays. I was watching the Rays game yesterday. Meadows has over a hundred RBIs this season. <laughs> He's just absolutely raking. So yeah, the these, Pirates could use him right now. Yeah, these bad franchises just they wonder why they're in the position they are. You're right. Um, for me personally, World Series prediction. I like the Dodgers coming out. I mean, obviously they're like the the most scary team on paper, but you look at their pitching, and like we said earlier, they got Bueller, they got Scherzer. Um, those are just the top two. Then their lineup obviously is scary. They're two games behind the Giants. Everyone has the Giants stapled to win the division. I mean, we could see a lot of things sure, happen yeah. over this next week where all of a sudden the Giants are playing in that wild card game and the Dodgers are the one seed heading into the postseason. So it's what I love about baseball and the NBA. That would would never be a thing, but yeah, anything can happen in baseball. Right, yeah. and I mean, everyone always says, you know, it's a drag, 162 game seasons. But these games down the wire, right now, down the stretch, these are going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah, look at the Cardinals, eleven in a row, and they're suddenly a World Series favorite—not favorite, but contender. Yeah. So speaking of teams that have been doing well, um, a lot of them, you know, can thank their players who have been outperforming their expectations this year. So let's shift over to possible Cy Young winners. Uh, I want to start in the NL since we've been talking about him for, you know, the past 10 minutes during this podcast. Max Scherzer, does he win his fourth this year? 
Uh, I say he does, honestly. He uh, Dominating on two teams is uh, something that isn't always seen, and that definitely adds to his Cy Young resume. Let me pull up Scherzer's stats here. He uh, has a 208 ERA this year, which is leading the National League, and I'm pretty sure it's leading baseball. Yes, it is. Uh, he has an ERA plus of 194, which is also leading baseball, and he has just an absolutely ridiculous whip of uh, .811. That's, <laughs> uh, that's insane. I'd give it to Max Scherzer. Corbin Burns is awesome, too. So is Walker Bueller. Those guys both put up a fight, but I'd say it's got to go to Scherzer. Yeah, I mean, shout-out to guys like Zach Wheeler, Woodruff, Absolutely, Bueller. Yeah. I mean, they all have great seasons. Not Nothing to take away from them. It's just Scherzer has been at an unreal rate this entire season. And like you said, doing it for two teams, that's something special. Tom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. A few weeks ago, I kind of wanted to give it to Corbin Burns, especially when he was close to closing out that no-hitter. Uh, they pulled him from that game, but... It's just it's tough to not give it to Max Scherzer. The guy's been in the league for such a long time, and he's usually the, the league gives the, the edge to the, those kind of guys. But I think lowest ERA in the league, I think ERA is the most important statistic for a pitcher. And uh, I think he's just going to edge out Burns and Woodruff. But credit to those guys on that Milwaukee staff. They just had a great year. And I'll continue with you, Tom, now if we shift over to the AL Cy Young uh, candidate. I have a strong feeling who you're going to say, but I'll let the words come out of your mouth. Yeah, so obviously Yankee fan. I, I really think Cole deserves this, this Cy Young, but it's tough with the way he's pitched. His last start was not great. Uh, Robbie Ray has just had an insanely good second half, and it's it's crazy to say that right now that we that Robbie Ray's in the Cy Young conversation because no one would ever thought that. Really annoying. But, um, yeah, it is annoying as a Yankee fan. But um, I think right now, ERA-wise, Ray hasn't beat out by a little bit. Um, Cole's actually over a three, which isn't great for any Cy Young pitcher. But a ton of strikeouts, nonetheless. Uh, teams almost in the postseason. It's going to be tough. It's it's probably going to come down to these. Each pitcher has like two starts left, so it's it's probably going to come down to that. But right now, I think Cole deserves the edge. This would be his first career Cy Young, right? It would be his. Yeah, he's a four-time All Star, but he's uh, never got a Cy Young. I think Verlander stole one from him in 2018. Yeah, leads the league in strikeouts per nine, as you said. Mm -hmm. Ed, uh, I will continue with you for your AL uh, Cy Young candidate. AL Cy Young candidate. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be Garrett Cole. He's my favorite player in the league right now. Um, but I don't know if it's going to be him. He, uh, he has the most wins uh, in the league at 15. That's a decent stat. He's uh, about a full point of war behind Cole. That's tough for the voters. Voters look at war a lot. Mm -hmm. And his last outing against the Indians, seven earned runs against one of the worst hitting teams in the league, that was a really bad look for the Cy Young. But he has a opportunity at redemption against the Red Sox this week. If he goes out and gives us a performance like he did in Houston back in July, uh, he's going to put himself right back in the race. If he can go out and give seven one-earned innings of one-earned run baseball, that would be great. Um, Cole, for the most of the season, was leading uh, the league in fielding independent pitching, known as FIP. It's uh, basically a stat that's calculated on what your ERA would be um, if your f team's fielding was, like, perfect, basically. And uh, Cole is second in the league in that. Uh, Nathan Evaldi and the Red Sox just passed him with a 2.72. Cole's a 2.76 right now, ahead of Ray with a 3.41. So I think that could be a... Big piece to his resume. Cole also leads the league and um, wins uh, probability added, which also is a, an important stat. Uh, what do you about? What do you think, Bob? Honestly, yeah, I mean it's definitely close. You look at the two pitchers. Cole started off with. Uh, I think Cole has been actually very consistent throughout this season. Yeah, the ERA so. rose a little bit because in the second half of this season, he's given up a few more runs. Um, Robbie Ray kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion. Um, first half of the season, he was good, obviously. And then the second half, he really turned it up. Um, I believe since the All-Star break, he has a 2.12 ERA. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty tough. But like, like Tom mentioned, uh, these guys – 
probably each have two starts left. Um, and that's going to probably be the difference maker. I mean, if if Cole can uh, outcompete Robbie Ray, I think it's it's his title. You know what I mean? Um, I might give the slight edge to Robbie Ray right now, but both players definitely deserve the award. So yeah, and just to go off, you mentioned FIP, right? Does that have to do with that has to do with exit velocity, right? Uh, exit velocity, uh, how your team is performing in the field, all every literally everything about hitting that goes yeah, into it. I think that's a really important step when you look at pitching because. It just shows uh, how these guys miss the barrel of the hitter a lot. Like Cole is very good at that. He has a ton of strikeouts. But it's it's important to know the exit velo coming off the bat because if you're getting hit hard and guys are just making plays, that's still not great. No pitching coach wants to see their guy getting hit hard out there. But I, I really like that stat a lot. Robbie Ray faces the Yankees actually uh, September 30th against Nestor Cortez. You wonder if the Yankees are going to be trying to hit him harder that game for Cole. You don't know. Yeah, right. that's, that's gonna be big. You know what that FIP stat actually, I've never heard of that either. Um, I think that's actually a really cool stat because a lot of these guys, you know, Jacob DeGrom, for example, doesn't have the best uh, team of fielders behind him. So no, not at all. when you look at a stat like that, it really gives all the credit that the pitcher deserves. So that was a good point that you brought up there, Ed. Shift over to MVP winners. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you for the AL. I think it's pretty cut and dry for the AL. Right now it's got to go to Shohei Otani. I mean... It's really tough because Vlad Guerrero had such a good season. He's he's trying to get the triple crown right now, actually. And a guy like Shohei Otani is the definition of an MVP. He pitches and hits. Uh, he hasn't pitched insanely good this year, but I think his ERA is around like a three something. So I mean, yeah, that's a three two. Three two. That's that's pretty good for a guy who can hit forty. I think he has forty six homers right now. Leads the league. And I think he's just your clear cut dry MVP. But any other season it would go to Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, Ed. So, yeah, obviously it's going to go to Shohei Otani, but I just want to make this point. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is leading the league in runs, hits, home runs, batting average, OBP, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS+, and total bases. It's crazy. And he's not going to win the MVP. There is a problem with that in my book. I, there's never been, I don't think there's ever been a co-MVP in baseball. I know the 2001 World Series, the MVPs went to Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, but... If there's got to be a co-MVP, it's got to be this year. Vlad, you cannot ask Vladimir Guerrero to do much more. Yeah. It's rough. And uh, also a little shout-out to Cedric Mullins. What a year from that guy on the Orioles. He uh, Nobody probably knew who he was before the year. I knew he was I'm an AL East fan, but that's probably the only reason why. And he has a six-war batting 300 with uh, – I believe he's 30 for 30, right, yeah, this year? Yeah, uh, 29 homers right now and only 56 RBIs. God, his team can't help him out. But uh, yeah, props to him. He's still in the. He's like probably going to come in third or fourth in the MVP race. Joe, Matt, Matt Olson and Aaron Judge too should probably round out the top five. Yeah, Cedric Mullins just goes so so under the radar with how bad the Orioles have been this season. But just the catches, he the the ground he covers in center is just so effortless. The catches he makes, the he we went to that game a few weeks ago, Yankees Orioles. It came to yards. Best catch I've ever seen. One of the best catches I've seen in person. He robbed uh, a home run by Gary Sanchez almost five feet over the wall. He's just a great player, and uh, it's a good piece for him to have going to the future. But uh, you also mentioned Aaron Judge. Yeah, Judge is having a really, really good season. Not not MVP, obviously, but he's been around 290. He has he has the homers. He stayed healthy, so he's been what Yankees fans have wanted him to do this season. Yeah, Judge, um, if I'm not wrong, Lee actually is either second or leads the league in a stat called um, championship WPA. He's actually third behind uh, Tatis and Harper. He, uh, it's a stat that actually is, means if your team is going to win the World Series, that you're like the most valuable player to that team. So uh, basically Harper leading the stat means Harper's the m most valuable player, honestly, that would help a team win a championship. Uh, so 
that well that hints to my NL MVP uh, pick. But yeah, 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 go ahead. Let's parlay that right into the NL uh, MVP uh, talk right now. So Eddie, uh, obviously, you gave a little hint there. Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce Harper is the only reason the Phillies are like still competing at this point. This guy's just been absolutely unreal this year. And it's going back to last year too. No one really talked about the sixty game season. He had a great season last year too, and then just built on it this year. Thirty three homers, eighty RBIs, four thirty one on base. Doesn't get much better than that. Leading the league in OPS and OPS plus. Uh, it's got to go. Uh, it's got to go to Bryce, I'd say. But uh, Juan Soto too. That guy has just been unreal this year as well. He's uh, leading the league on base percentage with 466 and 130 walks and uh, 27 homers and 90 RBIs with a uh, 6.9 war. This guy has just been out of this world. Too bad he's on a sorry team right now, but he definitely needs more consideration than he's talking about. He should be a close second. Yeah, uh, I think you forgot to mention Fernando Tatis, though. He's got to be up there as well. He did, He is He is up there for me as well, too, but he's taking the third spot. He's uh, He didn't play enough games but for me, honestly, but his war is up there. He's a 6.5 war for only 120 games. That's that's a lot. 40 homers and a slugging 622. Yeah, he's close, but he's not there for me. The thing that does it for, for me with Tatis is – the transition to the outfield, um, you know, they picked oh, up Fra- they, they picked up Frazier, Cronenworth moves to shortstop, and they put Tatis, uh, I mean, their highest-paid player in the outfield. So um, I think that adjustment really impressed me. I mean, he's he's not the best defender in the world. Um, I believe he has over 20 errors this season. Um, but what he brings to the plate is uh, pretty unmatched. Uh, when you look at the numbers, though, like you said, you might have to give a slight edge to Bryce Harper. Um <laughs> He beats Tatis in average, and in the second half of the season, uh, I believe since the All-Star break, Bryce Harper is batting three fifty one, which is almost unheard of yeah, in the MLB. Yeah, it's crazy these days. Tom, uh, what are your thoughts about the NL MVP? Yeah, I think right now my NL MVP favorite is going to be Bryce Harper. Um, I know nowadays we don't love to look at the average. It's more about on base, but this guy, this guy's doing both. I mean, whoever thought we'd say Bryce Harper's batting three fourteen right now with about nine games left in the season. This guy who we, we thought was a big home run hitter and will settle for a 220-230 average. This guy's batting 314. His on-base is 431. I mean, this this is what an MVP caliber player is. Uh, everyone loves to hit on him, but I think he's got to get the edge right now over Tatis. I mean, Tatis is a, a league favorite around the league. They love him, so I can definitely see them giving the, this award to him. But I just think his second half has been sloppy. Uh, compared to his first half, I know a lot of that has to do with his movement to center field. He's dropped a few routine pops. I mean, it's it's tough. You're going to learn the learn the position, but I just think it's got to go to Harper right now. I mean, I, I do I do just want to counter that by saying you know Tatis Ed mentioned has played less games. He still has uh, seven more home runs, fourteen more RBIs, and if you bring up average, I understand that's a very important stat. It's almost a forgotten stat, like you said. Uh, Harper's not far behind, though. He's batting almost 290. He's at a 287. Tatis? Yeah. Then, yeah. Tatis, uh, no, he's That's still a good average, especially for today's uh, age of baseball. Yeah, especially what, how old is Tatis? 22 years old? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's unheard of. Tatis, no. I, 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 I am looking for a reason to give oh, a slight edge to tough. Tatis here. Yeah, it's tough right now. I mean, Tatis is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I mean... I don't know. It's just been sloppy the last few weeks. We saw that fight that he got into in the dugout with Machado. I just think lately for him it's been all about me instead of my team. That could partly be why they've fallen out of the playoff race, and I'm not a big fan of guys like that, honestly. I wouldn't want a guy like that on my team. Uh, That's why I think Harper just more settles that MVP case for me. 
I don't think Tatis is a bad teammate necessarily. I think he's just a little in over his head right now. He's yeah. like the king of baseball in his head, and uh, I don't know. I think he'll be a fine. Great player. Insane, yeah. One of the best I've ever seen, I think. Uh, any other thoughts that you want to add I'm just before we wrap it up here in our second episode? Tom? Closing remarks. Um, I'm excited for these last two weeks of baseball. That's kind of all I have to say. It's just, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to be really excited. Hopefully they can get in uh, to that wild card game. But um, I want to keep an eye on that giant Dodger race, too, for sure. Two games separate them. That's going right. to be huge. I feel like not enough people are talking about that. Yeah. Not enough at all. Because they're no, because people are just assuming they're both going to end up in the playoffs right. and they're yeah. going to win the wild card game. But it's not, honestly. That wild card game, anybody can win. How big of a difference is it, too? I mean, making two games. Uh, yeah, making two games. But from a playoffs, a postseason standpoint, um, being that number one team versus playing in a one-game playing game, that's huge. And I feel like it's yeah. not getting the attention it deserves. Everyone's wondering who's going to get that number two spot. And everyone's focused on the AL, two wild-card spots. Obviously, the, the AL East, you're going to see probably two teams take take those spots. So, But why aren't more people looking at um, this AL, uh, NL West situation? I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's because right. the Giants yeah, have just I'm held it. I'm guilty of it, honestly. Yeah, so I, I don't know if it's because the Giants have held the spot basically all year and the Dodgers just haven't been able to to get that extra gear up over them. But um, we we are getting set up for a Dodger-Giant NLDS, though. If that if the Dodgers or whoever gets that wild card game does beat the Cardinals, it's going to match up that way. So I think everyone's going to want to see that a, a Giant-Dodger NLDS would just be crazy for TV ratings and everything. That would be awesome. Yeah, who would you give to the edge to in that uh – in that series, Ed? Uh, you got to give the edge to the Dodgers, but, uh, you know, anything can happen in the sport of baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's two teams that see each other a lot throughout the season. Exactly. That's why I, do, I would say it's almost going to be a, definitely a seven-game series. Yeah. I could, that's going to be epic, epic pitching matchups back and forth. Uh, right now, I'm actually going to give the edge to the Giants just because I'm, I'm very big on them right now. But on paper, you'd have to imagine the Dodgers do win this series. Big test for Kershaw, that series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reason why you might give a slight edge to the Dodgers is because they've been one of the toughest opponents to the Giants in head-to-head matchups throughout this season. They have. But you're right. It's all about who's hot heading into the postseason. I think we brought up a lot of great points today. It's, this has been the second episode of the Call It a Comeback podcast. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a blast. I've always wanted to do this. It was, uh, went great for the first time. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again for sure. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.